I can't believe that we have to tell the king we failed. We don't have to, you know. What do you mean? Well, if we go back empty-handed, they're not going to let us take the ship back. So what if we don't? I'm not following. Why don't we fake our deaths? Even the dreaded pirate Tenna and junior crewmate Elise were no match for the dangers that lie in Egypt's tombs. Uh, okay, even if we do do that, how are we going to get back on the HS Persephone? The king has guards placed all around her. Well, I have the perfect story for that. <laughs> my name is Elise and my partner here is Kenna. Now, here on the HS Persephone, we're on a history podcast. Kenna here will tell a story while I just comment sarcastically. So, Captain, what does today's story entail? Well, today's story is actually going to be pretty chill, which is kind of cool. Like, a lot of our other ones centered around, like, more, like, deep or serious topics. Today's going to be pretty chill. We're just talking about exploration and a few people. Nice, because, yeah, most of our stories end up being about very, like, serious or just heavy topics, like Egyptians. Pop quiz! Oh, God. What (laughs) happened in the year of 1803 that doubled the size of young America? Uh... Um, d- d- disease. <laughs> Double the size. <laughs> I don't know. Louisiana Purchase. Oh, oh yeah, I learned about that in school. Apparently, <laughs> didn't learn enough. Okay, so pop quiz over. Okay, we're gonna be talking about a few key people and what um those people found while exploring the new Western America. Okay, so we actually start. In 1762, okay? Okay. Ownership of the the Louisiana Territory began to flip-flop. Originally, it was French that had a few settlements, like, scattered around the area, which... Oh my god. It was big. It spanned from the Mississippi River to the Rocky Mountains and from the Gulf of Mexico up to the Canadian border. That's a lot. That's a lot of space. If I remember remember correctly... Look at all those chickens. Look at all those chickens. It's at least 8,000 miles. Yeah, no, America's big. (laughs) America is big. And they didn't even have cars back then. Oh, God. (laughs) It must have been a nightmare. So, uh, during during the Seven Years' War, France, being oh so generous, gave the territory to Spain. Um, However, France in 1799 had a massive comeback with the leadership of Napoleon. Oh, nice! Which I could talk about him forever, but that's not what we're talking about today. <laughs> who who convinced the reluctant king of Spain to give the Torrid territory back to him the following year. So, so basically, you're like, oh, we're not doing so well. We can't take care of this land. Let's give it away. And then you suddenly get all better, and then the next year you're like, hey, can I have that gift back? <laughs> not even, hey, can I have that gift back it was more like, hey, um, I, we should really have that gift back. <laughs> he wasn't really asking. It was kind of, it was Napoleon. Yeah. He was just like, you're going to give it back, right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. We're buds. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, currently, at this time, the United States president was Thomas Jefferson. And he was, like, somewhat reasonably afraid of this. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Because France, especially with Napoleon as its leader, could be pretty wacky crazy. Oh, yeah. 
Oh, yeah, totally. Oh, for sure. Jefferson feared that Napoleon was going to try and yoink the city of New Orleans, which would have been super bad because being able to ship goods out of New Orleans is where, like, a bonk ton of their money came from. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. If you get rid of their tra- main trading hub, they're kind of screwed. So, uh-oh. I mean, water trade. That was, like, their lives back then. Yeah, no, because you can't trade by air. No, not and, by then. And then, unless, uh, the only, then, and even then, the only place they would be able to go to is, like, Mexico and, like, down in South America or Canada, and I don't remember if back then the, the land bridge between Alaska and oh, Russia still existed. No way. No. That was long, long ago, my friend. Okay, yeah, so never mind. Yeah, no, still not able to... Yeah, I mean, sea trade is still really important today, and you know that because of the, what was it, the evergreen? Yeah. In the Suez Canal? Yeah. That was so funny. I think about that every day. It's It's hilarious. So dumb, but it's so funny. It is so funny. Someone messed up really bad for that to happen. (laughs) So, where were we, where were we? So... Jefferson sent his U.S. minister, Robert Livingston, to negotiate with a French minister about purchasing access to the city. Yeah. Because, like, look, we don't we don't need a lot. We just want our city back. Yeah. Because we need the port to make money, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. We all gotta make money. You understand. The economy. The economy. You get it. Yeah. Except they didn't get it, and it wasn't going very well. Dun, dun. Done. <laughs> then, apparently, under the French's orders, Spain and France were allies at the time, but, like, mostly because if Spain said no, Napoleon would just, like, murder them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> allies is a strong word. But, apparently, under the French's orders, Spain revoked the Americans' right to uh, ship goods out of New Orleans. What? Bruh. Bruh. <laughs> yeah, so... War? Not quite. Okay. <laughs> You're so violent. Stab, stab, stab. Shank, shank, shank. Alright then, if you say so. I'll be sure not to anger you anytime soon. <laughs> so, it's assumed that revoking their right to trade out of NOLA, what, you know what I mean when I say NOLA, right? No. New Orleans. Ah! Oh. I've always loved that nickname for it. It's oh, so interesting nickname. Yeah, it's always it's assumed that revoking the right to trade out of Nola was indeed Napoleon's orders because he wanted to take over the entire Mississippi River, uh-huh. which makes sense. He's yeah, Napoleon. yeah. Um, and as we previously established, this was uh not good for the Americans. Oh yeah, no, they need that. Yeah, and the and the American population or the action received immediate backsplash. No. What? That, no. What? That's not even one of your semi-good ones. What? 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 You... It doesn't work. Yes, it does. Backlash, backsplash. Yes. No. Damn it. One day I'll impress you, but today, not that day. No, it's not. <laughs> I'll keep trying. One day I'll get it. But until then, I'll just continue to torture you with bad water puns. They're so bad. They're, so, they're, they're not that bad. You're just whining. I never said I wasn't. Okay, yeah. <laughs> okay, so 
the action received immediate backsplash, which is a very funny pun no matter what you say. Um, so Jefferson sent one minister, James Monroe, to France to help Livingston with the negotiations. Because if they lost control of all the so- southeastern waterways, uh, they were, like, economically doomed. Yeah, yeah. And, like, uh, America's already a baby and not doing well economically. Yeah, yeah, no, no, it's like giving, like, a tiny child, uh, ability to rule a country. What? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what just came out of my mouth. Me either. Okay. <laughs> um, we're gonna brush past that. But, they did have one trick up their sleeve. Do you know what it was? What? Take a guess. Um, war? Not quite. Guns? Nope. This is gonna surprise you. Politics. The British. What? Yes! Surprisingly, Britain. America threatened to become allies with Britain and, like, bonk the hell out of France if they didn't give Nola back. Yeah! Threatening! Yeah! Not war, but... Close enough! Close enough! It's like a Cold War. (laughs) I don't think that's it either, but... Okay. So... For many, for many completely acceptable reasons, Napoleon said, you know what, that's not really worth it. I don't really want to go back to war with Britain. That would suck. And then he did something crazy. What? Which I somewhat get why he did this, but I also don't understand why he did this. Out of nowhere, he went up to the two American ministers and he said, hey guys, wouldn't it be super cool if you bought the entire 828,000 square miles of the Mississippi Valley for a total of $27 million, which is actually the greatest fucking bargain ever because it's less than three cents an acre, and we wouldn't have to go back to war, and my country wouldn't be broke anymore? Like, wouldn't that be super cool? Yeah! Yeah, I thought that would be cool, so they did it. They bought 828 thousand square miles for 27 million dollars they bought the louisiana territory which back then seemed like a lot of money but also like you said was like less than three cents less than three cents an acre acre. yeah so that's not a lot but then again we're also in more modern times where that that's really surprising to us because getting a piece of candy can cost like two dollars i know i couldn't buy an acre with a year of minimum wage, probably. <laughs> this, oh my god, what a bargain. What yeah. a steal. Economy back then. <laughs> How about that airplane food? <laughs> okay, I don't even know where that one came from. Before the negotiations were entirely finished, Thomas Jefferson went back to Congress and he basically said, okay, shh, keep it on the down low right now. But could you, like, pretty please find a cool explorer guy to go explore the west please that'd be epic thank you yeah why do you want to keep it on the download though because what if what if napoleon like changed his mind and then thomas jefferson just had americans out of the louisiana territory that was not theirs yeah that would have been bad so he's just like don't do anything just keep it on the download for now okay but Jefferson ended up asking Meriwether Lewis, whom he made his personal secretary back in 1801. Which is kind of crazy considering Lewis had only work- had been working for him for like three-ish years and the president was like, Yeah, you've worked for me for three-ish years. I'm going to send you on the most revolutionary expedition we'll ever have as a country. I'm assuming he was a man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's just normal when you think of secretaries, you think of 
female orientations, but if you if you're asking them in that time of age to go off and explore, yeah, no, it's a guy. Yeah, <laughs> I, like like I said, like you, this man was not that interesting. When you look into his life, he's like. He wasn't that interesting. I mean, he was pretty good at his job in the militia, so I guess it wasn't insane to make him a secretary, but like, yeah. he was boring, okay? Yeah, no. <laughs> Usually I like to go into our key characters' backstories a little bit. This man, no, this man was boring. <laughs> he was just kind of a guy. Yeah, he was kind of there. His dad died, and I think that was about it. <laughs> Other than that, nothing. Um... But here, here's a teeny bit more about him, just for just for funsies. He was already pretty well established. He helped to like suppress a really small rebellion. Yeah. For a while, he served in William Clark's chosen rival, rival rifle company. Oh, nice. Which isn't actually a company. It's just a super cool exclusive faction of the military for people who were like killer at sharpshooting. So snipers. Yes. Snipers. Those are like the coolest. I so, love snipers. Snipers are so cool. I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay, remember that. You served for a while in William Clark's Chosen Rifle Company. After being commissioned to explore the West, he was dispatched to Philadelphia to study botany, navigation, medicine, zoology, and he bought a dog named Seaman. Seaman? As in C-E-A-M-A-N. To get your head out of the gutter, Elise. Couldn't it have been, like, Simon? No. That sounds better. Seaman. Siemens? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I suppose if you really wanted to, you could could pronounce it Seaman. But that doesn't seem like a lot of effort. It also sounds like it's just C and then man. Seaman. Like, don't you see, man? (laughs) So, I think you should just stop judging this dog's name, Elise. I can judge this dog's name. You can't stop me. I think you're being very dog-phobic right now, Elise. It's not because it's a dog. It's because its name is dumb. (laughs) I bet that if that dog was still alive today, he would think your name is dumb. Oh, I agree with it. (laughs) My name is so dumb. Because my mom just for some reason decided she wanted to spell it this way instead of like, like make it Alice, like normal. It's unique. <laughs> yeah, there's only like, I've like looked up my name before and like only a, like a, at least on Google, only a few people have my exact same spelling. Why you whining? Okay, we have we have Western America to learn about. America, America. So, he chose William Clark as his co-commander from the Chosen Rival Company. Nice! Congress actually said no to them being co-commanders, but Lewis and Clark uh, didn't care because they were the ones exploring the West. You're not the boss of them, so screw off. It's not a phase, Mom! It's not a phase, Mom! <laughs> Which, I, it's actually kind of sweet because even though Clark used to be Lewis's superior in the Chosen Rifle Company, for the expedition they had equal leadership and considered each other their best friends. Aww, that is so gay. That's so gay. <laughs> that's, that's so queer. Queer. <laughs> queer history. I don't mean gay in like a bad term, but like just hearing that makes my radar go off. <laughs> <laughs> Gaydar working 300 years backwards. <laughs> so... All right, who knows? We, who knew we were learning about queer history today, too? 
So here's what the the corpse of discovering Lewis and Clark and their four dozen men and their dog okay. sought to accomplish. Most of all, exploring and finding out what was out there. Yeah, yeah. They wanted to expand the American fur trade, make relations with the Native Americans, and search for the Northwest Passage. Do you know what that is? No, but I think I've heard of it before. The Northwest Passage is the waterway that would theoretically connect the Pacific and Atlantic Ocean. Uh-huh. Which they didn't find, but I don't blame them, because you literally can't get from the Atlantic to Pacific Ocean through America. You have to go all the way above Canada, so... Yeah. I don't blame them. I mean, you could go through where Mexico and uh, South America kind of hit, because there might be something there, kind of. Yeah, but they also weren't going there either. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so they were literally nowhere near it, but that's okay. The mission itself lasted around 2.5 years, or two and a half years, I don't know. What if thought it lasted longer? I would have thought too, but nah. Eh. But we're gonna skip to, like, some of the more exciting parts where they met the natives. Yeah! It's no surprise that they met a whole bunch of Native American tribes, because they were there first. Yeah. Yikes. But, for once, this was with good intention. Yeah. How sweet. Lewis and Clark had a first contact protocol that they used when meeting over 50 Native American tribes. Most of them were familiar with white men strolling in and doing things, so they were pretty welcoming. Almost all of them got along pretty well, too. There were only, like, two or three exceptions where the tribes were not welcoming, but it never got violent. Yeah, nice, nice. So see, look, this is so chill. Like, we don't, we don't always have to talk about death and suffering. It can be about friendship. We don't need to talk about incest every episode. <laughs> it's not necessary. Yeah. See, we can be wholesome sometimes. Not really. This history can be okay sometimes. Anyway. So, it was a huge cultural exchange with both parties ta- taking part in trading goods, knowledge, giving each other shelter, food, and otherwise just having a great time together. Nice. Also, I learned that they also had a lot of sex with each other. And there goes a wholesome rating. Well, it's not even... You mentioned it. Oh, yeah, that's true. You mentioned it, but it's gone now. It's gone now. I... At least, at least they weren't raping the Native Americans. This was consensual. Uh, good point. Why they did this, I don't know, but the culture yeah. exchange kind of got intimate. <laughs> <laughs> but, but moving forward, particularly, they had a good connection with the tribes of the Mandan and Minotauri that resided in modern-day North Dakota. Oh, nice. Boring today, but I guess not back then. <laughs> During the first winter, the corps set up um, a triangular fort, which I don't know why that is important, but it was triangular. Okay. Um, on the banks of the Mississippi, and I spent the next five months there preparing maps, crafting new equipment, and tending to those with venereal disease. I have no idea what that is, but okay. STDs. Ah. Well, they were having a lot of sex. <laughs> yeah. Then that makes sense. Yep. Anyway, now we're going to step aside to talk about someone super cool. Who? Called Sacagawea. Oh, I think I've heard of them. Mm-hmm. Where? I don't, I don't, I don't know if I'm allowed to say that, because I might be wrong. <laughs> say it. Um, either, uh, it was, I think it's Pocahontas. 
Or, or, or it's Peter Pan. <laughs> One of the two. <laughs> One of the two. I guess we'll continue and find out. So she was a Shoshone woman who was kidnapped at 12 years old and purchased by a present-day North Dakota fur trader named Charbonneau. Who, who he married. Okay. She was 12, but he married her. Yeah. <laughs> um... And because Charbonneau was French-Canadian, Lewis and Clark hired him as an interpreter, and he was asked to join the expedition. Um, okay. Pregnant Sacagawea was also allowed to join because she could also be an interpreter for speaking Shoshone. Yeah. How cool. She was super helpful in, like, a bunch of ways, such as being able to provide clothing and was able to forage for edible plants. Her... So she was badass. Yeah, she was badass. She was probably she was probably more talented than all of the corpse combined. And us. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, for sure. One thing I think my favorite thing about her, um, contributions was that her presence itself helped with relations because a pregnant woman traveling with white men signaled that they were peaceful. Yeah. Nice. How cool is that? So. Later, um, as they continued to move westward, yeah. Lewis became distraught as he realized that his goal of reaching the Continental Divide, which is basically the Pacific Ocean, yeah. was hopeless because the Rocky Mountains were too big. And rocky. And large. <laughs> and big. Very sad. Except, it's okay, because they stumbled across a band of Shoshone people, coincidentally... Led by Sacagawea's long-lost brother. Is it really that coincidental? I don't know. <laughs> a lot of Sacagawea's life isn't that clear on what's fact and what's fiction, but... Yeah. For, for this. For this, we're just gonna say, oh, it was, uh... It was, uh... It was her brother. It was her brother. And it was very heartfelt. And he provided them horses for the journey. What a kind gentleman. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally, probably... Not I should no I shouldn't say what I'm thinking of. What? Incest. <laughs> what no I mean where did you even get that? Back then uh Where well, did you get oh my god, where did you where did you get oh they coincidentally met Sacagawea's brother and he gave them horses to incest. <laughs> Do you have some sort of horse incest no. in your brain? No, it was more of, I, I, I don't know why my brain went to incest, but you it did. You need to get your head out of the gutter, at least. <laughs> he gave them horses, and that's it. <laughs> when they reached the Pacific Ocean, Sacagawea helped voice her opinion on where they should set up camp for the next winter that had already stuck, snuck up on them. Okay. And they set it up at Fort Clatsop. Nice. In the northwestern tip of modern-day Oregon. Oh, okay, so they're, like, Oregon. all the way up there. Yeah, they are. They have traveled a while. Yeah. Well, not even not even a while. This is only a second winter. They just traveled a lot. Yeah. Which is really impressive because out of, like, the four dozen men, only one died. Only one died? Yeah, one. Wow. Yeah. And he died of appendicitis. Okay. Yeah, now that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. So, my nobody, pretty much nobody died of any real reasons i mean like yeah 
there were like ticks and yeah. frostbite and stuff yeah, like that. No, but, but no one died. But no one died except that one guy with appendicitis, so who cares? Yeah, no one cares about him. <laughs> so it should be mentioned that she and Shakajui Shaka, and Clark were friends. Yes. It's not believed that there would have been romance between them though. Much of like I said, much of Sakajui's life is hard to discern between facts and fiction. Yeah. As far as we know, they were just buds. Okay. What we do know is that her usefulness in recognizing landmarks to help navigate made her unique enough to prompt the duo to name a geographical feature after her, which they did after, like, people they knew and loved throughout the entire expedition. Yeah. In, in a river in Montana is now, today, still known as Bird Woman's River. Yeah. After her. Ah, so sweet. Her son was born in February of 1805 during the venture to the Pacific Coast and named him Jean-Baptiste. Clark, however, lovingly called him Little Boy, his little dancing boy Pomp, which is the origin of Pompey's Pillar, a national landmark in Yellowstone. Oh, nice. We're learning all sorts of things today. Yes. But that winter was particularly bad. Everyone was suffering from hunger and illness. And, like, I, it's pretty wild that only one person died. Yeah. And it wasn't even at the coast. It was, like, on their way there. They were still in, like, North Dakota and that dude died. Yeah. That was a while ago. Yeah, long time ago. <laughs> on March 23rd, 1806, they finally started their journey home. Lewis and Clark actually decided to split up on their way home. Hi. I don't... I... As far as I can tell, it was because Clark wanted to escort Sacagawea and her family back home directly, and Lewis wanted to, like, explore a little more. Okay. Um, and they were to meet each other again in North Dakota. Yeah. Back at Sacagawea's home. This went smoothly other than the time Lewis shot two Blackfeet warriors because they stole their supplies. So does this lead into fighting, or just they died? <gasps> Oh, uh, they just died. Okay. I mean, they f they fled on horseback for a while, but... Yeah, yeah. Okay. Nothing came of it. And unrelated, but shortly after, Lewis got shot in his butt, which is pretty funny. <laughs> <Cool>. <laughs> which I think is hilarious. Oh, yeah, no, that's funny, because I, the, the, then you just can't sit. <laughs> how was how he on a horse? I don't... That's a good question. How do you get shot in the butt when he's on a horse? I mean, uh, I'm sure it was painful. I would imagine so. <laughs> but... That's a good question. Maybe I'll look into that. So, um, Lewis's team fled on horseback until they met up with Clark's group. They then sailed down the Mississippi before returning to Washington, D.C. in the fall of 1806. They didn't find the Northwest Passage, but they did search the entire Louisiana Purchase Territory with only one death and next to no violence. Woo! How banger is that? Afterwards, both Lewis and Clark were paid handsomely and rewarded a small portion of the land that they explored. Like, they were each given, like, 1,600 acres. That's a lot. Yeah, it doesn't seem like a lot at first, but, like, that's a lot. Yeah. Because that's, like, 2.5 miles. I looked that up just okay. for this. <laughs> um, Lewis then became the governor of Louisiana, but ultimately became a drunk and died of a possible suicide. <laughs> Whoop. <laughs> which sucks. Clark, however, became a brigader and an Indian agent, which is honestly super cool. Nice. And, um, and he also took care of Sacagawea's children when she died, because Aww. they were, they renamed, re <laughs> they remained close. Yay. Oh, sweet. So, how does this story help us get back to the HS Persephone? Oh, it doesn't. I just wanted to tell that story. 